Yes. Okay. Right. I am recording. recording. Okay. Should we do a the the old happy and you know it gimmick? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it. Clap your hands. <laughs> if you're happy and you, you know, know it, clap, clap your hands. We have to do the whole flipping song. Do do do. Clap your hands. Okay, there we go. So from Stephen Thomas, we've got Limo Limbo. <laughs> I feel like we almost pitched it the first time we, uh, we we had Dave on the show with uh, Tina Turner's uh, uh, animated series where she like where Tim Curry is the, the driver of a limo and uh, is taking Tina Turner to all sorts of space places. But... You know what? You're right there. See, what I was going to say, I was going to do some kind of pitch where there's a limo and, and, you know, it's a hen party or something. They all get in the limo or it's a celebrity or whatever it happens to be. I like it be. so far. That, in fact, let, let's make it a celebrity because then you can hire one to be in the film. So mm. a celebrity playing themselves gets in the car and then the whole of the rest of the film takes place in the car and it gradually turns out that nothing is happening outside the car. Now, the reason I hesitate to pitch this is that... Is that what we did the previous time? I can't no. remember that. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. It was... Tina Turner zipped from place to place with Hugo Weaving driving her around. Through, through time. Not so this time. No, yeah. this is someone who gets in the car expecting to go somewhere and is all like, hey, we're, we're, nearly, we're supposed to be nearly there, driver. And of course, you know, the, the windows are all blacked out. So presumably in limos, you can see out of the windows. Yeah, it's you just can. you can't see in them. But in this, mm. in this, it's that you can't see out of you them. And the, the audience won't know because they haven't been in limos. They're, 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 <laughs> they're scummy people. Um, so, <laughs> I've never been in a limo. I'm that's, a scummy person. That's a weird, uh, that's a weird gate to, <laughs> to have open for this film. <laughs> so if you haven't so, been a limo you are scummy people yeah you have to you have to submit your annual salary income <laughs> the ticket office this is why i feel as if i've this is why i've never attempted to uh hire or get in a limo a because <laughs> what a crass thing to do but b because i assumed they'd turn me away you know just be like what no <laughs> Because the limos are literally only for a certain class of people, sir. You're like, oh, uh, both so, to be honest, yeah. And that certain limo... class of people is portrayed by Kevin Bacon. Okay, so Kevin Bacon, he hires this limo, and he gets in the limo, and he's like, you know, aren't I supposed to be there by now? And, ooh, I know, ooh, I know. And just to make the film interesting, because at this stage it won't be interesting, because it's just <laughs> Kevin Bacon yeah, sitting on his own in a car, yes. and the whole film takes place in the car. And okay, we'd all watch it, but it would be a bit out, a bit art house, right? So, yeah. so other celebrities also think it's their limo. Basically, all the celebrities, for whatever weird, freaky reason, are hiring a limo that day. It's all the same limo, but the limo's in limbo. As soon as you get in the limo. You're never coming out again, and they have to have <laughs> oh, a, like a round round table discussion among themselves. You're like you figuring out what their skills as celebrities are to get <laughs> out of this weird time trap. And of course, you know it exposes the shallowness of of celebrity. What you know? What are their skills? You know, there'll be some there who have no skills. There'll it's... be some who have skills, but it's maybe not what they're known for. So is it is it like is the driver potentially some kind of supernatural um uh, person who's who's taken affront to the celebrity culture 
Maybe yes. kind of American God style. It's like that people used to worship me, but now the the people oh. they worship are these famous people, mm-hmm. and hey, so. Yeah. I have come to trap them by uh, by like waiting outside of a, a gala uh, yeah. or something. And, uh, oh, so, they... so this godlike figure is a con man that sort of lures celebrities into his into his limbo limo. That, but he's also like a like a supernatural god. I, yeah, I said god man, didn't I? Um, <laughs> who is he played no, by? Uh, or who are they John played Goodman. by? John, John Goodman. John, John Godman. John Godman. Yeah, <laughs> that's his name. Yeah, uh, in, in fact, I think it, it, it might be Father Christmas because if, if, if John God, <laughs> Godman is a uh, is a Godman, then he's probably he's probably playing someone that's a bit kind of Father Christmas Odin-y. Have we had a Have we had a Father Christmas played by John Goodman yet? Like not on this show. I mean, in real life. <laughs> if not, why not? Yeah, mm. he's he's perfect. Yeah, he is. I mean. Depending on uh, his stance on Roseanne's racism. <laughs> yeah, he's perfect if, if he's I, not I, a I, racist. I said this I said the other day, I will accept almost any, I'm desperate and will accept nearly any explanation Excuse. from John Goodman that he decides yeah. to give us. But I kind of do want him to explain himself yeah. on some level so that I can go back to being like, yay, I love you. Uh, what money, if he was just like, you I know, it, would was, be. it was a job, I never spoke to her on set. Would you accept that one? I would accept anything. <laughs> Almost anything. I would accept I wasn't in it. <laughs> anything. I will give me him back. They uh, they Peter Cushing him into Roseanne. I wasn't. <laughs> you were John Goodman. No, I weren't. No. 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 That was no. an extremely good uh, Disneyland animatronic of me. I just don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen a, I've never seen a show called Roseanne. I think <laughs> yeah, he, it up. He, st- he just starts denying the original series as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, the actual reason why we all know who he is in the first place. Like, what? No, I've never heard of it. <laughs> it, I have it only gives ever... birth to... It gives, <laughs> it gives rise to uh, a group of people known as the Roseanne Deniers. <laughs> I think I'm yeah, or, that. Or, or the Roseanne Cabal. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so the um, uh, there was uh, yeah, like the, the, he, John Goodman's like yeah, I was, I mean, I'm, I was sort of a, an unknown theatre actor until I got onto the Flintstones, <laughs> <laughs> and from there it was just Coen Brothers all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you kind of implied that the Flintstones movie was directed by the Coen brothers. Yeah, I, it, uh, yes, I've decided it was. Well, I used to think it was directed by Steven Spielberg, and I have a good reason for that. It's because mm. it says it is, <laughs> but it isn't. <laughs> what? When you, when you watch the Flintstones movie, one of the first things that comes on screen is the words Steven Spielrock. And I think it's reasonable oh, for me to have assumed that yeah. that meant... And it not, not on a joke sign. It wasn't that they went past Steven Spielrock <laughs> Boulevard. Yeah. It came up on the screen. Steven Spielrock presents or whatever. And of course, <laughs> as a... What was I? 13-year-old, 12-year-old, 11, whatever it was. That, it didn't occur to me that that therefore wasn't a Steven Spielberg film. So yeah, it took until like a couple of years ago for someone to inform me that uh, that yeah, it wasn't a Steven Spielberg film, and I felt kind of betrayed by the uh, by the credits of the film. <laughs> and uh, also, that was the moment when I was I was capable of seeing it for what it really is, because until then I thought it was like 
no, not the greatest, not the greatest moment in the career of a good director. But now, as I look at it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a bad film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, he's all right. I he? loved it. I was really, really into the Flintstones movie. It was the movie, and I've I've never held as much love for it. But it was the movie that basically filled the uh, Super Mario Brothers slot in my life the following summer. Um, right. and I believe after that, I think the I think the summer after that, it was Casper. So it was never quite the same. Man, I need to watch the Super Mario Brothers movie again. Mate, don't don't watch it again. Come round my house and we'll put the Blu-ray on and that'll be my excuse to watch it again. Yeah! <laughs> that's what we're doing. Right, okay, that's fine. That's our next uh, movie commentary then. Yes! Um, yeah. Okay. So what's John Goodman doing with these celebrities? <laughs> I think I think basically what happens is John Goodman takes picks someone up in the, in the, in the limo, drives around the block and then comes back and then picks another one up. Like and they're all getting in. Like, hi, thanks, th- thanks for all that. And then the person steps in, the door. They close the door. The door locks behind them. And now it's I don't know. Miley Cyrus is looking across, is across the uh, across the limo from Kevin Bacon. She's like, Kevin, what are you doing in my limo? And he's like, What are you doing in my limo? Well, I was just at the gala. Where were you? And she was like, At the gala. And he's like, We're still here. Uh, we were just driving for ten minutes. Uh, We've done it again. We've done it again. This is a good idea for a film. <laughs> It's, it's got a kind of, oh, what's that thing called? The Simpsons did a take on it where there was a lot of ghosts on a boat. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, ghosts on a boat. Yeah, Homer boat. was there and there was a lot of like all these weird sort of characters that you wouldn't, that you wouldn't find like anywhere apart from like a murder mystery party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a dream you had, Tom. No, it's a but thing. But then again, often when you describe Simpsons plots, <laughs> it sounds like a dream you had. So... Uh, anyway, so yeah, he's going around the block. He's picking up these separate celebrities. Um, what are we like? What's the? We, it's only, it's only an honourable mention, so we can skip a load of stu- stuff where they like try and get out uh, when the next person comes in, but like the person just kind of phases through them, and yeah. uh, and uh, like they've been consigned to some ghostly limbo realm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then and I'm then thinking, I'm picturing they. To... I'm picturing there's a lot of build up to when they're gonna wait for the door to open, and then they're gonna like jump out and they have a little argument about whether do we push the celebrity the incoming celebrity out of the way to save them or do we use the distraction that they're coming in to save ourselves and consign them to their fate and hope they come up with the same thing yes maybe we can turn around can we turn around after we've got out and open the door and let them out but what happens is they're all ready they're poised the door's about to open and then like the person's already there like it just because they were trying to use that it happened in a ghostly way. And uh, you know what I mean? Like the door just went like, and opened and closed in a split second and the person was already sat down. And yes, and the reason for that, they find out, is that as they, as they go along, um, they start to uh, wonder why people aren't noticing the same limbo, uh, limbo driving around and around uh, the, the block, right? Well, it turns out, uh, um, talking among themselves... They start to find people who they didn't know, did, they, they didn't recognize, right? Coming to the okay. part, uh, who, who were at the party. And he was like, I, I had been to, I didn't, I think you think you were um, uh, invited to this one. Uh, you were like, uh, and then, and then uh, the, the person says, I don't know, the, the, this uh, Tom Holland or whatever says, yeah, well, since I won my Oscar, they, they invited me. 
Um, it's almost like an awkward thing because he's like uh, almost affronted that they say that he, they didn't think he was invited to the gala or whatever. And then they realize that if every time they've gone round, it's been another year. Yes. <gasps> yes, 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 yes. And the and what John Goodman wants to show them is that as they've as they disappear, the worship that they're getting from this this celebrity worship stuff is actually nothing. It it disappears <sighs> if they're not there. Oh, oh, uh, and I've got I've got something to add to this. Right? Okay. There's a fundamental problem with this concept, right? Right. We are we're in a world where, so Tom Holland is there. Who else have we said? Miley Cyrus, uh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Probably some more. Was it Miley Cyrus? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's whoever. It's however many people you can fit. Because the idea is that it builds up into a interesting science fiction-y twist on the uh, parlor murder mystery genre, where you've got a load of celebrities, but in this, it, they are playing themselves. So I'm thinking this might be, you know, this might be penned by the, um, you know, the, 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 what's his name? The Being John Malkovich guy. Might be one of his. Oh, it's yeah. a, uh, Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, mm, yeah, because mm. it's a slightly weird film. The characters in it are actually playing themselves. Mm. But here's the thing: what about John Goodman? John Goodman is here <laughs> playing a character. So here's my suggestion: throughout the film, the audience is, is starting to slowly wonder why in this film all these other celebrities are playing themselves, except John Goodman, who's playing a character. Yeah. Until it is revealed that he kind of look. We've seen his face a load, yeah. but they haven't. He turns around and they're like. Oh, you're John Goodman. I'm driving as John Goodman. What the hell? He's got and his it hat turns on out showing, yeah. he was there. He got snatched a previous year. And he, like, defeated or killed the previous driver. <laughs> Maybe he threw them out of the car or something like that. So he's trying to get... His, his plan to escape was to overthrow the driver yeah. and try and drive the limo, the limbo limo, somewhere else to break the cycle to get out of this thing yeah. but it hasn't worked so he's been in there meanwhile there's an evil version of John Goodman who's in <gasps> the new revival of Roseanne that's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Dave flawlessly coming up with his own fan fiction excuse for John Goodman <laughs> yeah and so 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 they have to band together and like they, maybe they realise that and John Goodman realizes that they have to kill John Goodman, but that still wouldn't get them out of the problem. And so they have to, to band together. And then they find out that it's one of these kinds of cars. And frankly, I was just thinking this yesterday. I don't know why this isn't your basic ordinary design of car, but it's one of these cars where the boot, I don't know if a limo has a boot, but in this it does. That's the trunk, if it any Americans so. are listening. The boot is accessible from the back seat if you pull a bit of it down and you reach in and there's ways to get in. Yeah. And what do they find in there? But really old celebrities, like skeletons. Maybe there's one that's still alive, but it's like it's someone from the, the golden age of Hollywood or something who just for whatever reason has, has managed to hang on. Um, so, and this is done with like a combination of a lookalike and then, um, um, you know, the Peter Cushing effect. Yeah. Um, so now we've got different generations of celebrities we start bringing in people who aren't in real life celebrities mm. but the, the idea is that they will be but, in five yeah. years time yes so uh given some up-and-coming like... actors some uh some good lines and and roles i mean i think i think we have we start the film not with kevin bacon but with uh i mean maybe like the prelude would be 
like Marilyn Monroe or someone, and they go disappearing. Well, there must be there must be good footage of Marilyn Monroe getting into a limo, mustn't there? Yeah. Mm. So you start with that. You start with this, you know, <laughs> rah, 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 Marilyn Monroe outside the thingy hotel, and in, she's getting in her limo now. And then it's like, and it go, you know, it goes yeah, dark. Title and... sequence, yeah, all that stuff. Um, Just loads and... of footage of celebrities getting in the same limo. Well, because they all look the same. And yeah. if they don't, and if they look a bit different, you can CG that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, um, so, uh, like yeah, Forrest like, Gump. How do, <laughs> how do they break Forrest the cycle? You, well. Or do you leave it? Do, do they find all those, all those corpses in the boot? And then that's the end of the film. No, yeah. I think it would be much more satisfying to find a either to either for them to find a way out or for them to advance the story on beyond this this concept. Um, again, thinking of you know being John Malkovich, so, well, they don't do you... solve the problem, but they do cause further twists. How do you hmm. get out of Limbo. fame? Oh, how? Well, oh, let's look to Roseanne. <laughs> so they, do, do you think they have to try and, we need a way that they can influence the outside world right yeah so uh why what if we say um that they they find out that they can slip notes through the uh um through the kind of the side of the door right they can leave no they can drop a note out, out of the out of the door every time someone comes in so as they do this, they know that they're at a gala, right? Where photographers yeah. are everywhere. So what they do is they get, they take photos of themselves, like doing swearing and all sorts of uh, horrible doing things. Swearing, yeah, exactly. Oh, no. um, and They'll never be famous again if they do swearing. Exactly, they're doing swearing. They're probably like being real mean to each other. Yeah, um, k- kissing all sorts probably of kissing, stuff. Probably. Probably drinking a liquor. Yeah, liquor drinking as well. Uh, and they put those photos out of the door to make themselves mm. less and less famous, like be reviled in the... Uh... That's right, because the main thing to become... When a celebrity wants to become less famous, they can do something shocking and then fewer people will notice them. Yeah. <laughs> if they do something morally that's opposed by, by people. I guess they do, if you do something shocking but then don't follow up with it, with anything, though... You know, yeah. then, then that's like bad publicity is no publicity. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I think I think instead of getting out the limo, they just sort of fade away into obscurity. Well, yes, this is the thing. I think that if this is a if this is um uh, a metaphor for fame, then they might be able to get out, but you can never fully get out. So in real life, someone who, for instance, I mean, look at um. Someone like Jim Watterson, right? That, is that his name? The guy who did Calvin and Hobbes? He <laughs> um, went away, disappeared. He was super famous, top of his game. Stopped doing his work. Disappeared off to this little fishing village somewhere. And nobody was allowed to see him and talk to him and interview him. And he just disappeared out of public life. But he's never actually left fame behind. So I think that some of these might succeed in getting out. If they're the sort of people who would have been able to successfully transition from a in real life from a career of fame like a um oh what's his name hang on cut out this silence while i look up his name well he's not famous anymore so we don't know <laughs> you see it's worked 
<laughs> Rick so, Moranis. Rick mm. Moranis has successfully transitioned from one of the most famous movie stars in the world to mm. like, oh yeah, I remember him. Now he's still famous in our hearts. So a part of the people will always remain in the limbo limo. Oh. Well, they'll never fully escape. I've got it. Right. So you know how John Goodman managed yeah. to get that evil version? They, they think there's an evil version of John Goodman being, being going around for the last I while. I forgot about this subplot, right? yeah. <laughs> that, that, they, they, um, they managed to catch John Goodman back in the limo, right? The evil John, John Goodman. They managed to manipulate the limo enough to, to make it so that this limo is the evil John Goodman's limo. Okay. okay? Coming out of the gala. John Goodman gets in. They say, what the hell are you doing? Firstly, Roseanne, come on. But secondly, um, the uh, flipping, uh, what was going on with this limo thing, right? And he's like, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm John Goodman. I just got out. And like, he, he says, you know, you'll always, no matter what you do, you'll always leave a part of yourself in here. You can get out right. anytime you want, but you can never leave. So wait a minute. And Hotel California plays. When you does this mean that when you leave the limo, that's when you start being like making really weird, unusual career decisions because it's not the full you getting out. Yeah. Yeah. You leave your humanity in the in the limo. How does this film end? (laughs) Yeah. How does this film end? Um I think I think that's it. I think I think that that point where they go where where John Goodman says turns around to them and says uh and John Go- John Goodman is face to face with John Goodman because now this guy can get out anytime he wants, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he tells everyone, you can get out anytime you want, but you have to leave part of yourself in in the limbo limo. And so they all all of them except for uh, whoever's got the most hubris out of them. <laughs> who wants to do? Who wants not maybe not hubris, but who's got who's got the most idea of? There's, there's one character that's been going through an arc about legacy, right? They're like, well, well, I think what we if can I... find out which one's got hubris if we check the celebrity top trumps uh, hubris <laughs> listing. <laughs> I, I, I was I was suggesting bringing out a hubrisometer <laughs> into the limit. I think, I think the newest celebrity, you know, the one that we haven't met yet. Yeah, they've mm. gone through a sort of um, an arc of of. They've just released their best work, right? It's their best mm. new album or whatever they're, they're doing. Um, and they're worried about their legacy. You know, like, if I don't get back, what's going to happen to to my piece? Is it going to be seen like the death of the author? You know, all that stuff. Um, yeah. At that point, they're like, you know what? I'm 27. I, uh, I've just released my best album. It's fine if I never get back. Yeah. <laughs> and they stay and everyone else leaves part of themselves behind and leaves as like the, the, the weird version of themselves. And that's so the then they the So then they are the driver now. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. That was, well, that was lim, limo limbo. Wait, wait, wait. wait oh. I'm not finished. I'm oh, not finished. Because then <laughs> we, end the, we end the film on a montage of... Um, <clears throat> The things, and it's kind of like, you know, the opening to Watchmen. It's like one of those where there's this slow motion, mm. almost 3D, s- tricky effects montage of of the weird career decisions they make after that. So you get to see <laughs> them all doing weird stuff. Yeah. Except for the one who decided to stay behind the driver, who... He never comes back, right? He's, 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 he's lost. Well, and and he's announced as dead and a, and a member of the... Is it the, 
the Twenty Seven Club or whatever it is. Yeah. Those musicians oh, are yeah. all yeah. the same age. So like that's his legacy is that he basically went out at the top of his game yeah. ever. Which, by the way, I don't advocate. No, but in this don't. story, it's this bittersweet uh, ending for him because he's driving the limo forever, but no one else has to. Yeah. Mm. There I mean, you go. if I was going to go out at the top of my game, I would have gone out after I recorded that episode called Stinky Rentals. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to listen back to that one. I don't know if I've heard oh, it. Oh, I don't know if you've got a bit. If you've got a dicky tummy, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's unaffected by podcasts. Obviously, if I was to go out at the top of my this podcast game, I don't think we're going to top. Um, guess who's gone to space, King Kong? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I mean, that one's got a soundtrack and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're happy and you know, clap your hands. I am doing this a little bit too fast. If you're happy and you know it, I'm not getting terrified. Joining us for this week's episode uh, of the Lives of Pitch podcast is Dave Bulmer. Hello. Welcome back. It's been too long. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, in the time since I've done an episode of this, we've met up for two separate theatrical events. <laughs> yeah, we have. We have been to two separate theatres. Theatre. Yeah. Theatre. <laughs> we have... Not you, Tom. You, oh, yeah. you didn't meet up with you, Tom. I, I, was, I wasn't there, no. I was not there. No, you, you, you were very much invited, at least in my heart. I don't know if <laughs> Matt said no. <laughs> Matt said no. <laughs> I said no. I was like, You'd be well, cramping my style, man. <laughs> I can book four tickets to this thing. I could take Tom, or I could take Dave and Abby, who I know want to go. That's true. <laughs> now, the thing about now, and the interesting thing about Hamilton is that it is something that I, there, I think we all have people who we want to force to go to Hamilton, haven't we? Yes. And so it, it's very, very generous of you to have allowed us to to jump onto those extra tickets. I mean, if it was me, for instance, I would probably make Jahan go because yeah. he's being such a pain about Hamilton. <laughs> he will not listen to the CD. Yeah, uh, neither will Tom. Um, no. So maybe we should go and then take both of them. We should go again. <laughs> well, no, I think we should set them up on a date. I oh, think that's we, we should acquire two tickets to Hamilton and send this pair. <laughs> but, like, knowing Tom, Tom, have, yeah. if, you, if you've ever sat in a, in a movie theatre with Tom, you know that it, it does ruin the experience for you. Um, because it he will he'll just go... In the middle of a scene where you're raptured, enraptured by the acting or by something that's going on, he'll just go. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I'm I'm kind of like that. I am like that. This is this is why I've not. I don't do it out loud and I don't spoil anyone else's day. But this is why I've not been to see the new Avengers film yet or mm. the Han Solo film because I know I'm going to be sitting there thinking, ugh. Because I'm such a massive grouch these days. <laughs> such a grump. If I watch them at home, I'll, I'll probably enjoy them. So I'm just going to wait, not mind about spoilers. In you know, cling, Just embrace the inevitability of finding out what happens in it before I see it. And then just see it and be like, yeah, this is actually fine. Yeah, That I... was only The Last Jedi, though, Matt. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would recommend against um, uh, waiting for Infinity War. Just for that I know you would. One. I know. I know uh, everyone would, but it's kind of it's a happened, you know, it's nearly gone, and b like I know nah, everyone who dies in not. it. It'll be there for the next three and a half years, mate. Yeah, 
but I know all the spoilers because I've just exist on Twitter. I know who uh, dies. Okay. I know who kills who. It's all oh, it's all gone. So like, oh, okay. and I don't mind because I know that it doesn't matter because mm. I know that a this is a superhero film. So like. The ones who aren't getting too old I'll to be, be in the films anymore will be back next time. And B, yeah. the the story it's adapted from is one in which everyone came back in part two, which is, yeah. I believe, in cinemas next summer. So it's like, well, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter then. Yeah, it is, and to be honest, it doesn't matter. You're right. But it was nice to have that shock in the cinema. Like I can imagine so, yes. It was nice was to have f- that, oh, oh, they're going to kill Iron Man. Oh, they're going to stab him through the thing. And then just suddenly... I was fine during Infinity War. You were fine during Infinity War. Yeah. I didn't see it with you for the first time, though. Yeah, fair enough. Um, if you're noticing me, if I'm doing this a lot, it's because I've just stabbed my thumb with my opposing thumbnail. <laughs> and I've made no. a little hole. Who is that? I've created a little crescent-shaped hole in my in my thumb. It's like. How the hell did I do that? That's I didn't ridiculous. know we were stressing you out there, that much. There was a point, because I went to see Solo by myself last oh, week. Oh, yeah? Solo. Oh, did you? How were you about it. to word that? I went to see it Solo. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, I, I did at one point go, oh, well done, movie. Like I was like, <laughs> yay! Well done. <laughs> a sort of clever move that wasn't... That wasn't anticipated by me, so I was like, "Yay!" Okay, well done, movie. I was I luckily I wasn't yet. sat next to anyone, so it was all good. <laughs> like Tom on his own in the corner of a movie theater, just be no one around him, just be like, "Yay!" <laughs> I think that's acceptable. I think that's one of, along with laughter at the jokes. I think that's one of the things that is okay to do yeah. if you're happy and you know it. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Don't clap. I was doing that the entire time though, because like the puppet work in that movie is, oh, 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 there, 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 is suddenly up there my interest in this film compared <laughs> to down here before. Puppetry. That's the- one of the reasons. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm like just can't be bothered going to films anymore. Is that I now have seen what CG can do, and I'm like, yeah, I'm completely a thousand percent over it. But puppetry, that's new every time. The- there is, there is a CG character. In it, of course. That's like, of course. I, I'm pretty sure it, it quaff. I, I reckon quaff. A bit of it might be puppetry, but like, there's a character in the opening scene of Solo which is definitely a puppet, and looks incredible. Like, I was just like, oh, this is amazing. And then there's a few more puppets later on that you're like, oh my god, this is like Jim Henson on point. It's oh, it's so I am, good. I am so so looking forward to uh, the new Dark Crystal Netflix series. Um, I'm in two minds. I think I will like that, but Dark Crystal is one of those things where I love it in theory, but I can't get through it because of how boring it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I I'm I'm a guy who's like will sit through six hours of just nothing happening as long as it's a vibe that i'm kind of okay with yeah um yeah. whereas you know you then you look at you know 2001 a space odyssey and you're like okay that's a long boring film but also not fun in the slightest whereas you know, I, I might be going to see that on monday <laughs> at the cinema again and i saw a trailer for it i was like this looks incredible on the big screen I bet uh, it does. Yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't it meant to be on a weird kind of peripheral big screen format that they came up with, where it's like 
the screen went like that and then went like that out to your sides or ooh, something. And ooh, I'm I, not sure, I feel actually. as if I've heard about that was bit was what it was originally shown in and for. Hmm. But like how Lawrence of Arabia or something was meant to be for this like three oh, times width screen. Like Cinescope, but not kind of thing. Yeah, it was one of those it was one of those gimmick things that they came up with very briefly and then mm. anyway, I don't know. You know what'd be great? Having one of those gimmicks yeah. uh, having one of those gimmick uh, screens. But it was the windows of a car. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been it's been shown in like seventy millimeter, uh, and it looks like a film made now. It's it just looks amazing. Um, cool. From from the trailer I saw at the cinema, anyway. Um, yeah. <gasps> what if Herbie befriends the Pope Mobile? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? And there's a chase through the Vatican. Yeah, because you said it's in Italy. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you did. You did say they, it was, they're doing the Italian job, Tom. That's what you said. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Tough. So <laughs> they're going to the Vatican Italy. now. I don't know why we didn't think of it back then. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so you've you've got that whole scene where like Herbie's driving up the middle of the Vatican. Uh, yep. Vatican City, and then straight up to <clears throat> whatever the Pope's house is. Um, yeah, and they 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 drive in because the, the I guess that's what the robbers are trying to get. They've got their own they've got their own vehicle now. They've yeah. stolen the Pope Mobile because it's bulletproof glass. <gasps> that's Herbie's friend, and so like they're driving <laughs> that around, scooping up all the gold artifacts and stuff and secret texts. From the Vatican that I assume they have on display in the Vatican, uh, and then they 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 like driving the Pope would be like up the up the ramps of the various things, and then Herbie <clears throat> in the la- at the last minute like ends up driving up some stairs because he's got big bumpy yeah. wheels or whatever uh, and big suspension, and then ends up like curling around, and then as they as this getaway vehicle, the Pope mobile drives out of the front gates of the Vatican. Herbie comes crashing through the front stained glass <laughs> windows of this building on the first floor and just lands on top of the Pope Mobile, uh, like yeah. bumping it over and knocking knocking all the loot, scattering it all out into the streets. Um, and I'm thinking as well that Herbie actually starts a, some sort of a relationship with the Pope Mobile. Yeah, well, they yeah. actually fall in love. Mm. And this leads to the Pope having to relax his strict views on marriage. <laughs> well, well, if two, if two cars can love each other, then why? Yeah. 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 Wow. Why can't anyone? Who'd have thought? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Right. Herbie finds Christ. Okay, so this is the last one before we uh, before we move on to the Yes Very Clever Award. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say we've got an honourable car mention for this week's Yes Very Clever Award. Because <laughs> it, it was going to go in the main things, but I think it kind of sums itself up anyway. Okay. It's, basically, it's a film in a title. You know what's going to happen. Uh, from the title, basically. We don't have to do any more work. Uh, And that is from James Dixon, and it's Brum plows into protesters for 190 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't laugh at that. 
Uh, didn't happen it. I mean, if you haven't seen Brum, uh, listeners, <laughs> uh, he's got that sort of look. Yeah. He has got that <laughs> sort I, of look where... I knew it was just a matter of time with him. We all knew, but nobody really... Yeah. There's been a culture of silence around yeah, it. Yeah, around Brum. Mm. Especially like that old man in the park... <laughs> Where he lives, you know that little secret mm. that he's got. That, that old man's got a barn full of cars. No one mentions that. Mm. He's got as an old yeah. man living alone in the middle of a park. He's got a barn full of cars, and when he leaves, one of them, the smallest one that can nary fit a child in it, just takes <clears throat> off on its own. Yeah. So. Opening opening of this Suspicious. is the opening of the kids' TV show from England, Brum. Yeah, just look it up on YouTube. Yeah, there's a, it. a car that's alive, a tiny little car, like not a regular sized car. No, it's a, a little, it's a little poodly car. Tiny car who goes around Birmingham, uh, and he leaves this little little station where all these old cars are, and then just plows into protesters for 190 minutes. Comes it's back. Odd how many? Okay, it's odd how many of that like old British TV programs for kids had the theme of an old man has all of these objects in in confinement. He keeps them yeah. in some sort of <laughs> locked locked room, but they're really alive. Mm. That was the shoe people. Was that the shoe people lived in this in this cellar of a <laughs> of a of a cobbler's shop? And Thomas the Tank Engine and friends, they had sheds that they stayed in overnight, didn't they? Although I I get the Mm. sense from them that it was a willing arrangement. Mm. Um, uh, Rosie and Jim, as well, just sort of lived on a houseboat. They were just two rag dolls uh, with a load of other stuffed toys and and objects. Well, people do live on houseboats. That's not quite as bad. They do, but also not usually with a load (laughs) of stuffed objects that just a one man owns. Yeah, it's like how, you know, Topsy and Tim used to live in a house, but we didn't complain about them having been locked in it. I mean, also, yeah, like, Tots TV, they just lived yeah. in that house with a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah. Three children. Well, the donkey was how they made their money, um, because, you know, he could, he was, he was a breeding donkey, and also you could use him as a uh, transportation and carry stuff uh, on him, and obviously you could... Sell rides on him to children. I would have assumed various that ways the, that a donkey. the magic bag would have been there. Uh, the sac magique. Yeah, the sac magique would have been their source of income. <laughs> sac magique. What was? What was? What, what was? Magique I don't about know if it was again? ever explained. Oh. They might have used it in one <laughs> or two episodes, but most of the time it may basically sat by the wayside. Oh, is that where <laughs> they kept it? Yeah. Next to the wayside. Yeah, next to the wayside, on a peg. <laughs> But time travel in a film, it ruins the film. <laughs> uh, except for Bill and Ted, thank you very much. All right, and yeah. Back to the Future. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> More obvious example. Yeah. <laughs> Both are fine films. They're okay. Time travel doesn't make them that much better, though. <laughs> time travel doesn't make Back to the Future that much better. No. I would have what? liked it much better if it was just... If it was... If they just... If they basically write, Tom, if yeah. what a happened... Film. If what it was happened, just a film about a fast car. If what <laughs> happened in Back to the Future was that Marty McFly didn't go back in time, he just got in a car with Christopher mm. Lloyd, went mm-hmm. really fast, got out, and then Christopher Lloyd said, you know what? 
you keep getting beaten up by that Biff guy. <laughs> I'm gonna... Or whatever is... You get bullied by the people at school. Mm. I'm gonna teach you how to drive cars really, really fast. <laughs> in a competition where everyone is obsessed with driving cars really, really fast. Oh, is this to solve from the, the Red problem Ho- Red Hot of Chili being Peppers. beaten up at school? I thought you were going to say that Christopher Lloyd says, listen, you keep getting beaten up by those guys at school, I'm going to keep driving this car. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah. This is, but Christopher this is Lloyd problem. was Mackenzie Davis in Back to the Future. <laughs> yes. This was to solve the problem of getting beaten up at school, right? And then yes. he, I, he either teaches him karate or teaches him to drive a car really fast. Both, and then both. Both, and it's called karate. <laughs> <laughs> so if that if that happened instead of the time traveling Back to the Future, I think I'd have been much happier with the film. Has this podcast broken now? <laughs> <laughs> I think it may have done. I think everyone on the podcast is broken. I'm not sure about the podcast <laughs> itself. <laughs> Oh, we happy and we know this do a clap. Oh, we do a happy know this clap the who. Clap the hop, the flip, the flop, the dip, the hop, the cop, the clip, the clap, the hop, the flop, the flop, the top, the flip, the flap, the pop. Cut us out there by doing loads. By not clapping on the last one and just doing more flip, the flops. Yeah, I forgot to clap. Hello, just want to say thank you for listening to the Lives of Pitch deleted scenes. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, maybe consider sharing it with your friends on social media, by word of mouth, anywhere really. Maybe put it onto a a thumb drive and just throw it at someone. And maybe even reviewing it on wherever you got it. If you find it somewhere on iTunes or Acast or wherever, maybe review it there. Five stars, thumbs up, give everyone the heads up. Like I said before, thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.